0: Amen. Praise the Lord. I welcome you all to today's uh, Women's Day celebration. I'm glad you're here and thank you for those of you who tuned in. I know your lives will never be the same again. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Our glorious God, everlasting Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and mercies that brought us into the family and brought us here this morning to do us good. We know you're here already. And so we know definitely that we will not leave here the way we came because your spirit is here to interpret your word, to give us an understanding mind. And all the glory shall be returned back unto you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our topic today is uh, thank God in everything. Thank God in everything, or maybe you can say, in everything, give thanks, like we have it in a New King James Version. Our text is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I'm using AMPC. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. It says, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful. And if you're thankful, then go ahead and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Amen? Thank God in everything. And if you're thankful, then open your mouth and say so. Thanks, praise, and worship go hand in hand. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to him. Bless and affectionately praise his name. Enter into his gates and then with thanksgiving and then into his courts with praise. And if you're thankful like I said then open your mouth and say so, why? Because verse five tells us, for the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. He say, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Not just with thanksgiving, verbalizing it, but you also enter with a thank offering, which means it has to go with something. No wonder the Bible said in Exodus 34 verse 20b that none shall appear before me empty-handed because God knows that he already finished for us. He has adequately prepared for you and I. Psalm 95 verse 2 and 3 says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. How do you get into the presence of God with thanksgiving? Whether corporately as a church, or even when you want to stand before him to pray or to ask for anything, he said, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Say, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms." No wonder most services usually will start with a, a session of praise and worship like we had it this morning. That's how we should enter into his presence even in our private uh, prayer devotions to him. You can imagine how it feels when somebody comes to ask for a favor from you and gets straight to you and say, can I have this? You say, do you ever greet people? Because we are created in God's image. You will expect somebody who comes to you first to say good morning or good afternoon or hi or something, at least greet you, before the person will now start asking for a favor. We find that a lot of times people rush into prayer. Once they get into the presence of God, they want to make sure that they emptied everything they want to ask. Like I see uh, God is in a hurry and we'll leave. He told us the proper way to come before him, and that's what we should begin to do after today if you have not been doing so. Amen? Praise is the expression of a warm approval or admiration of God. A warm expression of approval or admiration of God, which means, for example, you start, Father, I give you praise. You are such an awesome daddy. You are ever faithful. You are ever loving. Who is like unto thee? You are a covenant making, covenant keeping father. I give you praise. Jesus, I worship you. I praise your holy name. You are my king. You are my Lord. Your message, Father God, endures to all generations. From everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You begin to just pour praises unto Him is a warm expression of approval or admiration of God. And that's what God wants us to do when we come before him. And the Bible told us in Exodus chapter 15 verse 11 that God is fearful in praises and he does wonders. He is fearful in praises. He inhabits the praises of his children. He does fearful things when you begin to praise him. When you begin to praise God, oh my goodness, he rises up in his strength, And then all your enemies are messed up. They are scattered because definitely the avenger will be silenced because you're worshiping and you're praising God. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 21, verse 16, it says, Out of the mouth of babes you have perfected praise. Against the mouth of babes and babes and nothing, nothing in fangs are those ones. Who will praise God without reasoning, without trying to figure things out? Why should I praise Him after after all what I'm going through? No. They are just simply praising God without reasoning. That's my own ideology. And then uh, and the same psalm is repeated, the same uh, you know, statement is repeated in Psalm 8, verse 2. He said, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, he said, You have ordained strength. So that's a perfect praise, ordained strength. Why? He said that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So when you begin to praise God, you are invariably causing God to arise in his power and in his might, and all your enemies are shattered. See the story of a Jehoshaphat in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you begin to read from verse 21, he said, They they went to battle, and what were they saying? Singing, praise the Lord for his mercies endured forever. That was all they were doing. You would have expected them to go with gun, with all manner of ammunition. But they went ahead praising and singing and honoring the Father. And what happened in verse 22? Now, when they began to sing and to praise... The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Just praising God for his mercies endured forever. If you remember, uh, Paul and Silence. At the midnight of their situation, when they were in chains, rather than complaining and saying, God, after all we have done for you, and we are here for you to preach the good news, and look at what is happening to us, and I don't even know what my future is, holds for me, they began to sing hymns. They began to pray and sing hymns. And what happened? Suddenly, suddenly, the power of God manifested. Doors, we are open. Chains, we are broken. And that led to the salvation of the 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 family. In praise, there is strength. In praise, there is deliverance. When it is coming from your heart, when it's coming from a heart of faith that is actually praising God, not that you're praising him so that he will manifest for you, but you're praising him with a knowing of who he is, God rises and honors you. Worship is an expression of deep love, loyalty, and respect for God. You are holding him in a high esteem. You reverence him. You adore him. You shower him extravagance, respect, honor, and devotion. You show him you intensely love him. For example, Lord, I love you. I worship you. I magnify your name. I extol thee. I reverence you. I bow before you. I acknowledge you as my father, my own very father. Jesus, you are my Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. As you begin to worship him, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, God will arise in your favor. Thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude to God. You show appreciation to him for the things he has done for you. That is thanksgiving. You come before him, say, Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father, for the gift of righteousness. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus that is the bond that connects me to you. By that blood, I am in right standing with you. By that that blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That blood speaks forgiveness. That blood speaks mercies. That blood speaks love. That blood speaks peace. By that blood, I am now your child, your own very child, and you love me. I am now in the family of God. I give you praise, Father God, For Jesus is my wisdom. Because he's my wisdom, I am not confused. Thank you, Father, that you have given me your spirit. By him, I know the things that have been freely given to me. By your spirit, I understand the word of God. By your spirit, Lord, I am who I am. Because he's connecting with me. And as he's connecting with me, showing me things... So that belongs to me, these things are being believed by me and they are manifesting upon my life. I give you praise, Father God, for Jesus is my help. By his stripes I was healed. I give you praise, Father God, for whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I lose on earth is. You begin to, you just keep on right. There are so many things. As you begin to fellowship with the Word, you begin to see the things that the Father has done for you. Even the privilege of having the Word of God to study. Even the privilege of having this church family where you can come and you're taught the undiluted, Word God, unadulterated Word of God. is something to thank God for. You have a roof over your head. You can walk with your two legs. You're not breathing with oxygen. You don't have the aid of oxygen to breathe. You sleep because he gives his beloved sleep. You've been accepted in the beloved. These are the things you thank God for. God is for you. He's with you. He's in you. And so you're untouchable. You thank God for so many. There are so many things he did for us simply because we are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And good things happen to you when you begin to declare these things. When you believe these things and you declare them, good things happen to you. Praising and thanking the Lord provoked visible manifestations of God's glory, even in the temple of God in the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, 13-14, the Bible said there, Indeed, it came to pass. When the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, in praising and thanking the Lord, in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, "'For he is good.'" For his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Amen. And today you and I. Both individually and corporately, we are the house of the Lord. We are the temple of the living God. He lives in us. We are his resident address. So if his glory manifested in the Old Testament, it should manifest much more in we that are in this New Testament that are in a better covenant. He's already in us. But as you begin to praise and worship him and thank him and magnify his holy name, these things begin to manifest that it can be seen upon you. Praise the Lord. So, when you begin to thank God from the core of your beings, regardless of whatever the circumstances might be, God's presence will always show up. I remember the years back when we were still at Lagos. I remember when we moved to Adetola in Lagos, and finally, we just newly got born again. It was so bad in my family that one Sunday, there was no food at all in the family. No food. When I say no food, no food is a landmark to me that I don't ever forget. I remember that, you know, we, we usually set the table and we all gathered together and we all dish from the center table to our place to eat. And there was no food. Kenneth was about four and something years at the time. So whenever we had little, we just gave it to him and then we were all just with him. We had two girls living with us. I was in the living room, my husband was in the room. All of a sudden he came out and he said, Mkemlo, just set the table. So I called my girls. They set the table, put the cutleries. And he said, we should all gather to the table. And we all gathered and we sat down. And he sat where he would normally sit. And he just lifted up his hands and he said, Father, I thank you because you're a good father. You will provide for your children. In Jesus' name, amen. And he walked back to his room. I sat back in the living room. I was just wondering what was going to be the next thing. Lo and behold, somebody knocks at the door. And I ran out to the balcony to check because uh, we are living on the first floor. And here was this tall guy. I knew him at Onesia when we were fellowshipping with the Anglican Church there. And then when I saw him, I called my my girls and then they came, they went down. This man brought a bag of rice, a tin of red oil, uh, 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 12 tubers of yam. And then uh, bags, other bags, that finally when it came up and we opened it, heavy portion of crayfish, stockfish, fish of all sorts, and so many other or, you know, great, great things. And this man said... That he happened to be at, uh, oh no, is it Ochanja Market or whatever. And then uh, he bumped into my mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law, and he was telling her that he wasn't going to be at the service the next day. And then uh, my mother, that he was going to be going to Lagos that night. He was going to drive overnight, follow the bus. And that he was going to come back Sunday night. And my mother-in-law said, do you mind if I give you something for my children at Lagos? And he said he wouldn't mind. And lo and behold, that was it. And we, I said, oh, thank you. So he said, please, he had to be running off again because he had to pick some things so that he would be able to board the bus for the night trip. I said, thank God, because I didn't even have anything to offer him. So quickly we ran and we just you know, grabbed the yam, caught the piece of yam, boiled yam, got oil and salt. He brought us a bag of salt too. And we just had ourselves some short say, lunch. Somebody was, would have said, or oh, maybe somebody connected. No, there was no phone, no cell phone, no home phone, nothing at all. And somebody said, well, maybe if you didn't pray, if you didn't praise him, something would have say happened. What if, what if accident happened on the way, or maybe they got delayed on the way? It was just simply the finger of God at work on behalf of his children. God is faithful, but you have to know that he has adequately provided for you. That all you need to do, longest day you come to church, is just for you to continue to understand the things that have been freely given to you by God. Praise the Lord. A similar thing happened when we were living at uh, Queen's College. Then we had food, but it's like, whatever money that comes in, we're always spending it on on medication and uh, that w- that was the time we used a uh, one you know uh titus fish to make a pot of soup and a pot of stew for the whole week for a family of uh, six of us plus two girls living with us you can imagine what it was and uh, one day my husband got a revelation of this in uh, Galatia chapter 3 13 and 14 that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law for he became a cause for us and what happened Morning's devotion at 6 a.m., he will read this scripture, explain it, and everybody will start roaming. We start, finding, out we thank you because Jesus redeemed us from the cause of the Lord. I am not under any cause. Sickness is a cause. Poverty is a cause. This is a cause. We just started thanking God for what He did. He did that morning, did that night, did that morning. I can't remember for how many, how many months, but all of a sudden, things changed in my family. There was provision. And we had an understanding of tithing at the time. We were now faithful to our tithing. And things flourished from then. Just because of the understanding of this. And then thanking God that we are not under any cause. Whatever we were experiencing was the hand of the enemy. So praise, worship, and thanksgiving, they go hand in hand even in heaven. Even in heaven. Look at Revelation chapter 4, 8 to 11. Revelation 4, 8 to 11. It said, the four living creatures, each having six wings, we are full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, note, they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, Whenever the living Christians give glory, remember, they do not rest day nor night. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy oh lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and we are created amen by your will they exist and we are created by his will, you exist, I exist, and we are created. We are just simply created by his will. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything, if everything, everything, including the breath that you have, if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? You see why you should be living a life of thanksgiving every day. A man can receive nothing except what was given to him from heaven. That's what John 3 27 said. And James encouraged and us in chapter 1, 16 to 18. He said there, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He doesn't change his mind at all about you. The way he loves you today is the way he will love you forever. Verse 18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true world, which we believed. And we out of all creation became His prized possession. You are God's prized possession, child of God. You are God's prized possession. You are his. So it is the will of God, therefore, that we thank him no matter what the circumstances might be. And the Bible said in Matthew chapter 16, as it is in heaven, so it he shall be here on earth. Say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the will of God is that we thank him no matter what the circumstances might be. And thanking God is a great expression of faith. It means that you believe that God has your back covered, that he will take care of you. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when we desire to please God, then we should know that part of it is to thank him no matter what the circumstances might be. Why will God Almighty ask us to thank him no matter what the circumstances might be? I mean, if things are good, I mean, I can understand. But when things are rough... Why would he still want us to be thanking him no matter what the circumstances might be? I believe the main reason is because you are in Christ. You are in Christ Jesus. You have his nature. You have a new nature. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You are a brand new person. You are now in God's family. He has adopted you into his household as his own child. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear fear about what you will eat or what you will wear or maybe you know whatever it is corona or whatever but you have received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, I am your child. And we know that our big Daddy is not an infidel. If he tells us that if you are not able to provide your, for your own household, that you're worse than an infidel, he can't tell us to do what he himself is not doing. He's a good Daddy. And verse 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are the chosen children of God. We are God's special people. We weren't before. but the day you came to the Lord, you became God's prized position. And the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Not who is going to bless us. Who has? It's a past tense. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? In Christ. So if you are in Christ, you have been blessed. Fully blessed. blessed. Nothing to be added. Nothing to be removed. Amen? That's why Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says that Christ in you the hope of glory. And the Bible told us in Colossians chapter 2, we read from verse 3. He said, in him Christ Jesus, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight, into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden in Christ. And where is Christ? In you. So you are carriers of all these things, but you need to dig it out through the word of God. And verse 10 says, And you are in him, you are in Christ, made full and having come to fullness of light in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead. See what the Godhead is? You're filled with God the Father. You're filled with God the Son. You're filled with the God, God the Holy Spirit. And you reach all full spiritual stature simply because you are in Christ. Amen? And God knows that because you are in Christ, all your battles belong to him. They don't belong to you. You see, if you don't know, then you think that the battles are yours. All you need to do is just to simply believe believe so wherever you show up god shows up because he's in you christ in you the hope of glory second corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says but thanks be to god who in christ always do we understand what the meaning of always is always who in christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. So God is walking 24-7 to make sure that that victory that you have manifests on the outside. But He needs our cooperation. So in fact, every day you should be thanking God for Jesus. I thank God for Jesus every day I wake up because he's my life, he's my victory, he's my all in all. The Bible says that everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, 4, and 5. 1 John chapter 5, 4, it says, For everyone born of God. How many of us are born of God here? That includes you, and those of you online. If you're born of God, that includes you. For everyone born of God is victorious. Is, not was. Is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered not going to conquer, has already conquered, that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. You must have to continue persistently believing because the enemy is going to throw that at you to make you to doubt what God said, like he did to Adam and Eve, to make them think that God was withholding something from them. And the whole world is suffering the same today so continuing persistent faith in jesus the son of god who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world say it is the one who believes and recognizes that knowing is very important that knowing is a rare knowing that believes and recognizes the fact that jesus is the son of god so if you are born of god even in the midst of those circumstances You must know that you are victorious and that you are an overcomer. The word overcomes is a present tense. It is a nonstop victory for you. So you must know, have that knowing so that whatever comes at you, you know that already the end result is victory for you. So that like David, you will say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. At all times, at all times. You, are, you have the knowing by your sixth sense. You're not going by your five senses here because your five senses are part of your earth suits to for you to be able to relate here on earth. But you have a sense that the people of the world do not know and that is the Holy Spirit that is in you that is in constant communion with your new man, your spirit that is born again. That's why the Bible told us in, in Proverbs chapter... Eighteen verse fourteen, he says, "The spirit of a man sustains him in sickness, but as for a broken, uh, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? The spirit of a man sustains him. Why? Because your spirit is in constant communion with the Holy Spirit and has the right information, the information that is coming from your headquarters, where you are a citizen of." So, the devil works so hard to break your spirit. He wants to break your spirit through your relationship, through a lot of things that he's throwing at you, so that you begin to doubt God, so that you feel grieved, you feel hurt, and then something will begin to come of you because anything that breaks your spirit affects your health, affects whatever you're doing. That's why as a child of God, you must keep a merry heart. The Bible said in Proverbs 17, 20, that a merry heart does good like a medicine. He said, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. When it dries up your bones, it affects your health. It affects every other thing that you're doing. Do a lot of laughter. Even if that laughter is not coming, remember the joy of the Lord is already in you. It's inside of you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You can jolt up that laughter. Begin to laugh and then it will come naturally. You must train your spirit. To be strong in the word of God. Because when your spirit is strong in the revelation of who you are in Christ, whatever comes at you, you just laugh at like it. You just laugh. <laughs> you know who you're laughing. You're laughing at the devil because he's trying to make you think that you are, you are what he's showing you. But you know who you are because the word of God has already given you the inside information. That's why God told Joshua in chapter 1 verse 8. He says, study this book of instruction Continually. Not sometimes, continually say, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. Study this word, meditate on it day and night, so faith will arise. And when you respond in obedience to what the word already told you, victory is a done deal. And that's why in Psalm, in Psalm 1, 2 and 3, he says that those who delight in God's word, meditating on it day and night, are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season, whose leaves never wither, and they flourish or prosper in all that they do. The more rooted you are in the word of God, the stronger you will stand. That's why you must have to be rooted in the word of God. You will always be full of joy, like the Bible said in Philippians 4.4, 4. always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. His divine power has given you all that pertains to life and godliness. That's what the Bible told us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. But it comes through the personal knowledge of Jesus. The more you get to know him, the better you find these things. And that's why the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it said, and all of us, as with unveiled face, because you continued to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, you are constantly being transformed into his very own image. You say from one degree of glory to another. That's that glory that is already in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, will begin to manifest more and more and more and more on the side, because you are believing what the word said about you. So when you are armed with the word of God and spoken out of faith, from your mouth, oh my goodness, the devil is in trouble. And that situation is in trouble. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two ages. So it penetrates. The, the, dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So you, we must have our roots in him. Firmly and deeply planted in him. According to Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Fixed and founded in him. Being continually built up in him. Who is in him? Jesus Christ. Becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith that you have in Christ Jesus. Just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it, how? With thanksgiving. Because the end result is always victory for you. Jesus is the word, and he's already in you. The Bible said in Psalm 107 that we read, He said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word. He sent Jesus. Because you have Jesus, you you have the healing, you have the provision, you will have whatever you need. And that's why in verse 21 he said, Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He said, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Which means, even if you have not seen the visible manifestation of whatever you're asking God for, let it be a sacrifice of thanksgiving to him. And declare his works. Declare his works. Declare what he has already done for you. To declare means to proclaim. That's why he repeated this again in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. He said, through him, therefore, let us Constantly and at all times, offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of leaves that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. We must put the word of God to use, according to Philemon 1 verse6. By we said the Bible said that the sharing of our faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. It's already in you. What you're looking for is already in you, but you need to dig it out and believe it, and it will manifest on the outside. That's why Paul prayed this prayer for us in Colossians chapter one 11 1b to 12. He said, May you be filled with joy. And then verse 12, he said, Always thanking the Father thanking the father always brethren always thanking the father for he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light who is the light jesus is the light so if you live in christ if you're in christ he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belong to his people. And is repeated again in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. It said, giving thanks always for all things, all things to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has made it possible for us to become sharers of all these things. So, what aspect of always? and all things do we not understand we must choose to be doers of the world the bible told us in philippians chapter 4 verse 6 he said do not fret or have any anxiety about anything he said but in every circumstance in and in everything in every circumstance in everything by prayer and petition definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to god he said, continue to, which means that as needs arise, find out a relevant scripture that backs it up, and then make your definite request before God, and then thank him that it's a done deal, as each need arises. And when you do that, and you thank him from a heart of faith, then verse 7 will become your experience. You say, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, And so fearing nothing, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Roll these scriptures that you know that are relevant to whatever you've asked God for on your mind. Confess that you are a doer of the word. You're not a hearer only that deceive themselves. Whenever God says something, is a settled matter. You don't have to go by your feelings. You have to go by faith. So when the moment you commit it to God and you thank Him, His peace will guard your heart. You have that kind of childlike heart that uh, at school he was asked to bring something, maybe money. And he gets back home and says, Daddy, Daddy, they say we should bring this amount. And the child goes, uh, gets his food and starts playing around, doing other things. Not passing a sleepless night, how it's going to happen. Because he knows he has already told his daddy. If you are worried and bothered, how it's going to happen? Remember, the Bible said, you are what you think. He told us how to think when we have committed these things into his hands. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He said finally, brethren, whatever things are true. It has to be noble, it has to be just, pure, lovely, good report, it has to be virtue, has virtue, and then praiseworthy. These are the things you have to even give your attention to think about. If it doesn't line up with the one that you stand on when you made your request, don't even ponder upon it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Only the word of God passes these eight items. True. Noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, and then praiseworthy. So when you're sad or depressed, you think of what you're thinking about. You must be thinking contrary to what the word said concerning whatever you're asking. And that's why the Bible us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So you are what you think. Whatever is contrary to what the Word said about you, you have to cast it down. See, the Bible says, casting down imagination on every high thought that exalts itself above the knowledge that you have of God, above what the Scripture said concerning what you are asking God for. You have to cast it down. And if you're not persuaded with the Word of God, the enemy will convince you otherwise. And then you buy his thoughts. He will puncture your faith, and defeat will be the result. So you don't want to let him. That's why you must, have been, you must have to be fully persuaded in the word of God. Once you have declared to God what you want, stand there and keep on thanking him. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Trust confidently in the Lord. For he is your fortress, your shield, your banner. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. That's why David in Psalm 18 verse 2 said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my keen and firm strength, in whom I trust and take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. Your eyes must have to be fixed on Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith? Who finished for us and is seated today at the right hand of God? And at that right hand, the Bible says, there are pleasures forevermore. There is peace and there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible assured us that he will keep us in perfect peace. So long as you stay there. That's, where, that's your sitting position. Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And where are you seated, child of God? According to Ephesians 2 verses, you are seated together with him. In that heavenly places, that place where there is pleasure forevermore. So if there is not pleasure in your heart, not that all the circumstances have worked out fine for you, but you know in whom you have believed. Then, whatever worries show up, like he told us in First uh, Peter chapter 5-7, you just simply do exactly that. He said, casting all your cares, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully that's our daddy for you that's our daddy for you for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully but you have to cast that your care once and for all now that you cast it upon him and then tomorrow you say if nothing has happened. You go again. Then you grab it again. You, so long as you gra- keep grabbing it, he's not going to handle it. He will leave you to handle it. So to cast means to throw something forcefully in a specified direction. You throw something forcefully. And the specified direction is you throw it to your father or you throw it to Jesus. And the reason you have to throw it forcefully is because the devil will try forcefully to keep on bringing the picture of the circumstance to puncture your faith. And you must not let him. You must constantly remind him what the word of God said. That you are in right standing with the father. And everything that pertains to life and godliness, God your father already provided for you. That's why in Psalm 23 he says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed to guide me, to shield me. I shall not want. He said, he makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He uses the word of God to do so. As you believe the word of God, it begins to manifest upon your life. He you said, he leads me in the path of righteousness because I'm in right standing with him. All and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, But for his name's sake, it's all because of Jesus. And he said, yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. Why? For you are with me. If God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody. If he gave up his son, what else will he not give up for you? He said, you are rod to protect And your staff to guide. They comfort me. The word of God comforts us. The God of all comfort. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Some say, if only these things will stop, then I will be happy. If only this one will happen, then I will now be comfortable. No. God already knows that your enemies are not a, an issue. And on his table there, he has prepared healing for you. He has prepared protection. He has prepared provision. He has prepared wisdom. That is what is set on the table. But if you begin to focus on the enemy, you will not see what is on the table and you will suffer for it. He, only, he said in verse 6 that is only goodness and mercy unfailing love shall follow me all the days not some of the days all the days of my life and through the length of my days the house of the lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place you stick with him it is well with you so long as you stick with him only goodness and mercy all good gifts and perfect gifts are from him anything that is not good we know where it is coming from it is from the enemy so your enemy is not a threat to you enjoying what is on the table unless you let him. You are the one that will let him. You remember the Bible said in, in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 4, He said, Little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to your daddy. He says, so you are already an overcomer. For greater is he that is in you than whoever it is. Remember, we said God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is in you. So you're a carrier of God anywhere you find yourself. So we need a revelation of who we are. We need a revelation of what has been given to us. And that's why we come to church. That's why God has given us teachers. And that's why Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. He said, may Christ... Through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. May Christ, that is, believe that Christ lives in you. Believe that you are a child of God. Believe that God is in you. Believe that the Holy Spirit is in you. Make, let them feel comfortable that they are there. Believe it. And then the Bible said, when you believe that God lost you so dearly, there's nothing he cannot do for you. Verse 19 says, that you may really come to know practically. If it has not happened practically, like I showed you our landmarks. These are landmarks. There are so many other landmarks that I have in my family, in my life that, you, I mean, I told the devil, it's already too late. You have lost this one millions of years back. I'm already saved, hopelessly saved. There's nothing you can do about it. Because I already have this landmark that I constantly remember. I say, bed for God. Bed for God. Amen? He said that you may really come to know practically through experience, not head knowledge, for yourself, the love of God. Which far surpasses man's knowledge without experience, without you experientially, visibly seeing these things, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Follow God's word; don't follow your feelings. The word of God is true. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, it said, Oh Lord, I know the way of a man is not in himself. It is not a man who walks to direct his steps. It is not a man who walks. Even I a Believer, to direct your steps. Allow God to direct you. That's why he told us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. He said, my, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are totally different from your ways. But the thing is that when you're not rooted in the word, you find yourself experiencing what Proverbs 14, verse 14 said. He said, The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. I have to figure it out. I have to see how I can handle this. You keep on figuring it out and just leaving God at the side. He said, But a good man, the one that is in right standing with the Father, the one that is a child of God, will be satisfied from above. Child of God, your satisfaction comes from your home base. But you have to be connected with that by your spirit that is a joint spirit with the Lord. Allow God to paint the picture for you. Of what the real thing is that's why he said let me change the way you think in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 allow God to paint the picture and believe what the word said for the scripture cannot be broken God is not a man that he should lie the Bible said God is not a man so he does not lie he is not human so he does not change his mind has he ever spoken and failed to act has he ever promised and not carried it through listen I received a command, that's for Balaam and Balak. God has blessed you because you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the blessing in you. So you cannot be cursed. Remember the, what we read in Galatia chapter 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So whatever God says stands. For in the, with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word of God shall be without power or impossible to fulfill. That's Luke 1.37 Nothing is impossible with our father. He has magnified his word above all his names. So the word of God believed and spoken out in faith, and you stand your ground, definitely, victory will show up. There is nothing God cannot handle. He said in Jeremiah 32:27, He said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And he told us in Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, saying, my word will not return unto me void. But your job is just dare to believe it. Speak it out. Believe it. Don't let the enemy make you shut up your mouth. Speak it out. For in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible said, for as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in Christ who is in you. Jesus is the answer. They all find their yes answer in Christ. Who is your Lord, your Redeemer? Who is in you? So God remains faithful. The Bible said, let God, let, uh, let God be true, but every man a liar. Even when men disappoint, God stands to back up his word. He's faithful to his word. His word never returns to him void. When you stand your ground on whatever the word said, no matter the circumstances... Victory is the end result. But your job is to know that God has your back offered and just keep on thanking him. Remember we said in Romans chapter 8, 31, he said, If God is for us, who can be successful against us? He did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And verse 37 says, Yet in all these things we are what? More than conquerors and gain what? An overwhelming victory through whom? Through him who loved us so much that he died for us. Amen? Remember, faith is the currency of heaven where we have our citizenship. Through faith and patience, we obtain the promise of God. As you constantly meditate on the word of God that is regarding to your issue, faith comes. When you respond in obedience, keep declaring it. Victory is the end result in everything. Give thanks to God. Shall we all rise? Our Father and our God, we thank you. We give you praise for your word. Father, we thank you for we will never again rush in without coming the proper way because you have our bags covered. You have adequately prepared for us, package sealed, delivered in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, for we will give into your word, meditate on your word, stand on your word. Thank you for Jesus every day because he is our victory, He is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. He is our life. He is our all in all. We give you praise, Father God, because it's a different ball game from today. Blessed be thy name, Father God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.